0: Our gospel reading comes from, again, the gospel according to Mark, chapter 7, starting with the 24th verse, and when you have it, please stand. Mark 7, 24, and we will read down to the 37th verse. Hear ye the word of the Lord. From here he arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon and he entered a house and wanted no one to know. But he could not be hidden. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him and she came and fell at his feet. The woman was Greek, a Syro-Phoenician by birth and kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, "'Let the children be filled first.' For it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For this saying, Go your way, the demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she came to her house, she found the demon gone out and her daughter lying on the bed again departing from the region of Tyre Tyre and Sidon he went and came in the midst of the region of Decapolis to the sea of Galilee then they brought him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech and they begged him to put his hand on him and he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears and he spat and touched his tongue then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said unto them, Fatata, be opened. Immediately his ears were opened, and the impediment of his tongue was loose, and he spoke plainly. Then he commanded them that they should tell no one. But the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He makes both the death to hear and the mute to speak. God's word for God's people and God's people said amen.
1: You may be seated.
0: Uh, for the time that we're going to spend together briefly, I want to talk about relentless. Being relentless. One of my favorite books is titled Relentless From Good to Great to unstoppable. It's written by a man by the name of uh, Tim Grover. For those who don't know who Tim Grover is, Tim Grover is a personal trainer to professional athletes. Uh, A couple of, or a few rather, of his most famous clients are Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant, and Michael Jordan. I think they're kind of good at basketball, I don't know, but those are some of his clients and those are some of his first clients. He became a professional trainer and went immediately to NBA players and changed the game because before then, NBA players were not lifting weights, at least not enough because they figured that that would change their game and mess up their shot. But he was able to land these clients. And some of the quotes from the book, Relentless, From Good to Great to Unstoppable, he says, do you truly want to get even with everyone or do you really want to get ahead of them? Why stand next to anyone when you can push beyond them? In the game of basketball, you get around someone so you can get past them. Play this game. That's the game of life he's talking about the same way. You go for the win, you don't settle for the tie. Says being relentless means demanding more of yourself than anyone else could ever demand of you. Knowing that every time you stop, you can still do more. You must do more. Tim Grover would verbally spar with his clients. He would say things to motivate them to improve he would come up with workouts and when they could not push through it he would push them even more matter of fact when they were training from injury any uh, professional basketball player he wouldn't he would not let them go back to their job after coming off of injury until they were able to do one thing and that was stand up on a block four feet high jump off this block four feet high, land on the ground and jump back up on another block four feet high. That's kind of hard to do. But he would work at it, push, improve, make them better. And when he would say certain things to them, he didn't call it pushing their buttons. He actually called it pulling their buttons. He called it pulling their buttons as opposed to pushing it because he couldn't make them do anything. You push your own buttons. It's how you choose to react to what somebody said that makes it happen. So he did not push anybody's buttons when he was talking to them. He did not push anybody's buttons when he was motivating them. He pulled the button out so that they could push it themselves. Relentless. Oppressively constant, incessant. The relentless heat of the desert doesn't give up, persistent, continuing, constant, continual, non stop, never ending, unabating. Harsh or inflexible. A patient but relentless taskmaster is an example. Harsh, creme, gruel, strict, inflexible, unbending, un- by unbending, sorry, obdurate unyielding, relentless. To be relentless means to not give up. It means to keep going. It means to press harder. And we see an example of being relentless in the text. Uh, We have a broken-hearted mother. The mother is broken-hearted because her daughter is demon-possessed and You know, I didn't really understand it. I understood it a little bit, but I understand it more. I would meet people and they would say, you know, everything's fine until you say something about my kids. Everything is okay until something happens with my kids. And even normal docile animals, when it comes to protecting their young, they become ferocious. When it's about your kids, you don't necessarily care what's going on. You just want to fix it. And it doesn't matter who you got to go through to fix it. Doesn't matter where you have to go. Doesn't matter what you got to say. Who you have to see. When you are fighting for your kids, you fight just a little bit harder. Being relentless. And so this Syrophoenician woman was being relentless because she wanted her daughter healed. She didn't just wait for her daughter to be healed on her own. She went out and found somebody. She went in the region of Tyre. Where Jesus had went to take a break. Jesus was preached out, prayed out, and peopled out. Jesus is in, the, the Tyre is a, a Gentile area. It wasn't really a good thing back then to cross boundaries. If you were from a particular area, you had to stay in that particular area. You went to another area, either if you was looking for some trouble or you was looking not to be seen. Jesus, in the text we read, he went to this place, but before he has just got to finish hearing, number one, that his cousin, John the Baptist has passed. And he's healing the sick, and he just fed the hungry and then got challenged by the Pharisees. All this happened leading up to the passage that you read. So he's tired. and he went somewhere where he thought no one would see him. I'm, I'm still in the Bible. he said he went there. he went because he went to a house right and wanted no one to know it. that, that implies he did not want to be seen. But even when you think No one is watching you. Somebody is. Somebody's watching you. And they may not ever say it. I remember at my old appointment uh, in East Columbia, I would go down there sometimes on off weeks or off days, and I would just, you know, go to Walmart or something to buy some materials to clean up the sanctuary or the fellowship hall. I thought, Nobody saw me. I thought nobody knew I was doing that because I wouldn't interact with anybody while I was down there. I would drive to East Columbia, go to the Walmart, go to the church, drive back. Nobody saw me, but I went to preach at another church in the area. And uh, during the introduction, the lady that was introducing me, told me she saw me every time I came into town. I didn't know she was watching, but she was. So just when you think no one is watching, they are. And just as Jesus went around thinking that nobody was to be seen, it, it still happens. So we must be relentless in how we act. We must be relentless in how we carry ourselves because you never know who's watching. So we have a problem. This Gentile girl is possessed by an evil spirit. And with the problem, the problem is answered with a plea. This girl's desperate mother begs Jesus to heal her daughter. Uh, we can learn a lot from the Syrophoenician woman. She had a problem, and she went to somebody that could do something about it. She didn't wait around for somebody to come to her. She, she didn't sit back on the problem. She went and found somebody that could fix the problem. And, and, and the text says that she fell at her feet, or fell at Jesus' feet, and kept asking, but kept asking is nice that's a nice way to put it that's a way to clean up the language uh, a, a better translation of the Greek is begged to please to urge to appeal to pray and pray constantly that's what it meant by I kept asking see when we have our issues in life one of the best things we can do is pray And not only pray just one time and let it go, but keep praying. Keep praying until something happens. And if nothing happens, keep praying. Pray until you see the change. And if you don't see the change, keep praying. Pray until prayer changes things. And if prayer doesn't change things, keep praying because you might be the one that needs to be changed. Keep praying. The Bible says in 1 Chronicles 16, 11, to seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face forevermore. Forevermore does not have an end on it. Mm. Colossians says to continue earnestly in prayer and be vigilant in it with thanksgiving. You can't be vigilant in something if you stop it. We have to keep praying. The Bible says in Philippians 4, 6-7, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, By prayer and supplication. Let me say, be anxious for nothing, but in everything. One more time, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We have to keep praying. And that is what she did. Keep praying. And she kept praying and got her answer. In, this, in, the, in the text, it says that Jesus says he has come to help the Jewish people first. And that it isn't right to take food from children and throw it to the dogs. That's kind of harsh. But it's in there. You know, I, I saw a bunch of scholars when I was preparing for this message, a, a bunch of scholars would go back and forth about it and talk about, well, in the Greek, the word that he used wasn't actually dog, it was puppy, no. and, and, and uh, they had all these different things to say about it, and it was verbal sparring, and, and, you know, brought up examples about teasing and back and forth banter and all of these things, still harsh. still harsh but I understand that there are elements of word play in the text because he says it's not right to take food from the children and give it to the dogs but he says let the children be fed first doesn't say let the children be fed only so there is room for us and by us, I mean those of us who were not born into this thing. There's a lot of a lot of issues in, in the approach of this text. That Jesus, I'm happy Jesus still heals the Syrophoenician woman. Number one, it's against the custom for a woman to have randomly walked up to a man asking for things, especially if he didn't know him. Number two, she wasn't of Jewish heritage so this wasn't like the woman with the issue of blood where they could become family but beside all of that Jesus still answered and he answered because of her response she replies that it's true but even dogs under the table are given crumbs from the children's plate this woman is relentless she didn't let the no stop her she kept going it is, it is a, a Jewish tradition that kind of got lost as we came over to right. Jesus but when you want something in most of these traditions you have to ask more than once if you want to become a rabbi in the Hebrew tradition you, there, there, there's a story about you getting asked you have to ask and you have to get denied at least three times I'm sure we can all think about certain things in our lives. Goals that we have that weren't given to us just easy. We had to work for it. We had to be relentless in our pursuit of it. Otherwise, we wouldn't appreciate it. If everything fell into our hands, by the time we actually experienced some of adversity, we wouldn't know what to do with it. But the woman was relentless. And she had a response even for the dog metaphor. So no matter what you throw at us, we have to be able to respond and respond in kind. Because sometimes being able to respond in kind, being able to roll with the punches, being able to verbally spar might just save us. We have to be relentless. And it was for that reply. Jesus healed her daughter and she came back and found everything in decent and in order being relentless and then we move on as uh, Jesus' vacation is workcation gets cut short and they move on to another area and yet we still have another miracle that happens uh, the healing of a deaf and mute man the man was desperate And he was desperate, but the people still brought the man to Jesus. They brought him to the Savior so that they could heal him. No matter if you are by yourself, like the Syrophoenician woman, or if you are with a group like the deaf and mute man, when you have a problem, you still need to bring it to Jesus. And I like it that this man in the Bible has good freedom. I like it that this man has good friends because I can tell they are good friends because they brought him to Jesus.
1: Right, right.
0: They didn't leave him on the side of the road. They didn't stop hanging around him anymore. They brought him to Jesus. They didn't say, well, I just don't hang around Johnny anymore. We grew apart. We're on different things. I might shoot him a text message later. No, no, they brought him to Jesus. And I look at that as a model anonymity in the text allows for inclusivity in my life. So anytime I see somebody that doesn't have a name or is described as uh, something without a name, the disciple whom Jesus loves, I can put myself in there. The man in need of healing, I can put myself in there. So that tells me that I need to be relentless in making sure I have the right kind of friends. Ones that won't gossip behind my back or make fun of me to my face none of that is in the text the text says that they brought him to Jesus and because they were relentless in bringing him to Jesus he was healed his eyes were opened and his I mean his ears were opened and his speech impediment was removed and I think it's good that they use somebody with a speech impediment to talk about Jesus. A man who is deaf and mute. Because if they took the best of the best, we might, not think, we might think we need to do it on our own. If they took the brightest all the time, we might be turned away from it. But they took somebody who couldn't talk somebody who wasn't the best and the brightest, somebody who wasn't at the top of the class. And that lets me know that I may not start off at the top. But if I am relentless about it, I can rise to the top. It doesn't matter how you start. God is in control of how you finish. And God is in control of how you finish so that when you look back over your life, When it is all said and done, when you look at what the Lord has brought you, you can say, if it had not been, for the Lord on my side, where would I be? We must be relentless. Hannah was relentless in 1 Samuel when she wanted a child. That was not a one-time request. And she said, she made a vow in 1 Samuel 1 and 11. She made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, If you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord Uh all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. She prayed and she prayed. She prayed to the point that when the pastor came into the church and saw her praying, he thought she was drunk, but she wasn't drunk. She was being relentless. God spoke to Abraham and told him he was going to destroy a city and he asked God God, if I can find 45 righteous people in the city will you spare it then he brought it down to 40 then he brought it down to 30 then he brought it down to 10 but he was relentless we ought to be relentless about our approach to God we ought to be relentless about how we read the Bible we ought to be relentless about how we pray we got to be relentless about the kingdom of God Jacob wrestled with God and told him that he wouldn't let him go until he blessed him fought all the way through the morning time we ought to be able to do the same if there is something that we want from God we ought to be able to wrestle with it to the morning wrestle with it to the daybreak that way when we get it we will appreciate it we have to be relentless and why do we have to be relentless because Jesus was relentless came down through 42 generations relentless born of a virgin, relentless he who knew no sin had to be relentless and relentless on the way to Calvary relentless didn't give up when he was beaten and bruised didn't give up on the cross but he died he died for you, he died for me he died for those who are to come relentless But he continued to be relentless because that's not where the story ends. Three days later, he rolls up with all power in his hand. Relentless. And relentless so that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come.